uh, keeping it up till one as always. Right then, uh, we can now cross live to Los Angeles, uh, Santa Monica to be precise this evening, uh, to Derek McCaw. Good evening, sir. Good evening, how are you? Oh, very well. We should say that uh, Jamie Kerwick's here as well. Hi, Derek. Hey, Jamie, how are you? I'm not too bad, how are you? I'm all right, hot. But, you, you know. sound a little bit tired like the rest of us tonight. Uh, I am tired. Uh, you know, the uh, when you're doing the... Um, Say the uh, Comic Con there. It's you know it's five days really with maybe about five hours of sleep a night if you're lucky. Oh. And uh, it's, it's not quite the Glastonbury Festival, but I guess it's close really. I suppose really isn't it? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's some kind of madness. Everything is. So when we left you, or when we spoke to you on the Thursday, which was clearly about one of the first days of this big sort of comic book stroke film festival in uh, in, in San Diego, what else did you get up to when we left you then, Derek? Well, uh, that uh, that evening uh, was just more more madness of going around and checking things out. Then the uh, the day after, let's see, I, I got a chance to sit down at a round table with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Keenan Thompson promoting uh, Snakes on a plane. Yeah. And just the best title ever for a film. Well, I think, you know, it's pretty blunt. You know what you're getting. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and we talked to, I talked to uh, Samuel L. Jackson about that a little bit, you know, and so, uh, yeah, we got some, we got some good clips and uh, I talked to some video game companies and, uh, of course, it is about comic books, so I did actually talk to some comic book people, too. So that was nice. <laughs> finally get around to that, but... Uh, what did Samuel Jackson have to say for himself then? Because he'd love to know what he had to say. Well, um, you know, the big thing that I think when you ha when you sit down with a, with a star as, as big as Samuel Jackson in a movie about snakes is the first thing that people are concerned about are safety. So, you know, of course, had to ask, you know, if he had a problem, uh, you know, with dealing with snakes. And uh, so as he, uh, he said that his, his agents actually were the ones that were nervous and they had a... a you know, the story varied. It depended on where he was talking because he did a presentation that night and said it was a 50-foot uh, clause. He told us it was a 20-foot distance clause, but he didn't really care. I think we have a sound clip of his answer to me yeah, there. Yeah, let's see what we have to say there then. Uh, and I don't have fear of snakes or anything like that. You know, I grew up in a country, so when I was a kid, if we thought snakes, snakes was in a lot more trouble than we were. Well, that, see, I was thinking that in this film, Snakes in a Plane, which isn't out for another couple, couple of weeks, certainly in this country, that um, we get on the same day, don't we? Oh, do we? Oh, yeah. I think we do. Everything is is same day and date, and they're not even showing it for critics, because this is a uh, critic-proof film, they said. Well, oh, of course, yes. Now, I was, well, I, so there are actually real snakes in the film. I thought they'd be all, like, computer-generated. No, no. They're that way from the film, from the trailers, anyway, that I've seen. They're the real thing. They're the real thing. Now, he's, he's sort of uh, complained to the, uh, the filmmakers when they tried to make it a little bit more for kids, didn't he? Uh, he's, it's Mr. not necessarily more for kids, but just a wider audience. I'm sure this happens in England too. This belief that if there's a certain there's a certain rating level, uh, we have the PG well, G, which is for everybody, PG parental guidance, uh, PG 13, no one under 13 without parental guidance, and then R. And there's this sort of myth in Hollywood that keeps getting busted that uh, if you make a movie that's rated R, uh, you won't make as much money. And so. You know, you have to cut, cut it down. No one's quite sure. There's only a certain amount of nudity that can happen. You can only say, as, as Samuel L. Jackson uh, said at one point, you know, you can only say the F word twice in order to get a PG-13. And <laughs> before he'd even been signed on, they'd already blown one of them. Yeah. So, 
So he was saying, you know, I mean, it, it's it's silly because you know, it, it, we, well, I think I think it, I've got that it in the clip. Really play to a family audience, though, even not even the child, though, Derek. <laughs> you, you know, it's gonna it's not gonna play to a family. It's gonna play to this, you know, the warped parents that you know that don't mind their kids being exposed to to snakes on a plane. And but what this really is is a movie for you know, it's a it's a date movie. It's for guys to take their girls to to make the girls jump into their arms, you know. Yes. <laughs> so here is indeed, uh, I suppose, Samuel Jackson's uh, idea for it being more graphic. Yes. Come on. It makes no sense to make a film like this in this day and age and shoot it like it's a 1960s, you know, horror movie or cowboy movie, anything, you know, where the snake strikes somebody off screen and you come back and go, oh, oh my God. <laughs> come on. You got the capability of showing snakes striking people, so do it. And there's certain things that are requirements for horror. You know, okay. Two people going to the bathroom to join the Mount High Club. You got to see the girls. That's part of what people paid their money for. So you know, if you watch any, you know, film about kids who are out in the woods having sex, or kids who are in a haunted house having sex, or kids who are in a car having sex, you got to see a rat, that gratuitous rat, before the killer shows up. That's what happens. This is a snake, and if it's a snake, you got to see a snake on a tape. <laughs> Well, there you go, yes. He was quite keen to get that point across, wasn't he? He's true, and uh, we agreed that that would be the porn version of the, uh, you know, when the inevitable porno version appears, that'll be snakes on it. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Yeah, so. Was he a nice man? Did he, did he uh, give you uh, lots of his time? Uh, yeah, we, well, you know, he's on a, a certain, he, he, he was at one level not, um, you know, he, he was not relaxed because he is a big comic book fan himself, and it's one of those ironies when you are a movie star that appears at a convention like this, and you want to have a fan like area. You know, I mean, you, you have a fanish aspect of yourself. You want to be able to get down on the floor and see what the comics are, and you can't when you're Samuel L. Jackson. Now, I suggested to him, and he didn't take this kindly. I said if he just shown up dressed as Mace Windu, he could have walked around all day, and no one would have known who he was. We should say that uh, Derek's making reference to the character he played in Star Wars. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, really, in that case, people just thought he would have looked alike. Right. There's also a comic book character from Marvel Comics, Nick Fury, who they redesigned to look like Samuel L. Jackson. So, as, you know, that was another one. He could easily have uh, dressed up like Nick Fury and, and thought, what, a good Nick Fury costume. That's from the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Nick Fury from S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. They've done it. He was on some of the Spider-Man cartoons and things like that. Yeah, they revised it for it, it, now these direct-to-video cartoons called The Ultimates, uh, The Ultimate Avengers, and Nick Fury is, is, is Sam there. And at one point he was talking about playing Nick Fury himself. He was very excited about that. He's a big fan. Yeah. Um, but he really couldn't walk around. So he gave us as much of his time as he could. Good. And he was really nice. And I was sitting right next to him, which was, you know, kind of a... Nice throw. They wouldn't let us take pictures because I think, you know, f uh, photographs steal the soul, I guess. And, yeah, uh, so, but, and he's had a lot of... Uh, the film was almost, not criticism, but certainly had a lot of, uh, I suppose, press with regards to his very simplistic title. What did, what did he have to say about that? Well, yeah, he said, you know, the, one of the things... It's not just the simplistic title, but the, fa the accusation, like, you know, why is he starring a movie of... Uh, an actor of his caliber, who I believe he's been nominated for an Oscar or two... Uh, you know, what is he doing in a movie like this? And he says, you know, these are the, the fun things he like to see. And as an actor, he's got to go and see this stuff. Yeah. And, and it's the kind of movie he'd want to see, so why not be in that kind of movie? And, yeah, they they changed the title. I can't remember what it is. I think he mentions it in this clip that uh, it was just this little lame, like, flight one two one, And, you know, this is <laughs> no, no way. So what you see is what you get. And, and there you go. He yeah, explains that in this next clip. Even down to last year when we got to Vancouver and all of a sudden we were 
me and all the chairs and the scripts and everything that came out of Pacific Flight 121. Well, you know, I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> Sorry, but I think you do. <laughs> the whole point of this is, you know, make some play. You know, remember that other movie you guys did? Freddy versus Jason. Not bad guy from one movie versus bad guy from another. You know, Freddy versus Jason. You know exactly what you're going to get here. You know, alien versus predator. Okay, snake on a plane. Right. Yeah, I guess he made his point quite well, didn't he? Really? Yeah. Yes. You know, the problem now is trying to figure out what they'll do for the sequel and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Where do you go? More snakes on another plane. It's <laughs> snakes on another plane, indeed. Yes. So, and then, what else did you sort of? Was there any sort of news that you could mention that you uh, managed to track down? Oh yes. I mean, I was very excited uh, that. Uh, I that uh, DC Comics had made this announcement. Actually, uh, I, I know that in England there was some popularity with the Justice League Unlimited Unlimited animated series. I was showing in England. Uh, been on over here, Derek. Yeah. What? Very popular over here. Very popular. So I did sit down on a panel with Bruce Tim, and actually, oddly enough, while we were on the phone last week, Bruce Tim walked by. But he, he uh, and I, I almost grabbed him for you guys, but uh, he didn't look like he was in good mood. He, he yeah, has kind of, a, you know, it's a hot and sweaty thing to be at these conventions. And uh, yeah. but there have been uh, rumors leaked, and and in Fanboy Planet, my site, had been one of them that had leaked that he was going to, after Justice League Unlimited was canceled, that he was going to uh, do. A, a direct-to-video film based on the death of Superman. And so he sort of leaked that in a panel on Friday night. He didn't say it outright. They just showed the logo and said, I might be working on something like this. And for, you know, in your fan, it's a bloody S symbol, and fans of comics know that that is the symbol of the death of Superman storyline. And storyline about five or six years ago. It's longer than that. Can you believe it? Uh, time has flown, James. But I'm glad you're another fanboy. That was like 1994 or 95. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, when they killed Superman, was beaten to death by a supervillain named Doomsday. Oh, my word. And then brought back to life. It was a big deal. Very big deal. And, um... Best sales that the book has ever had uh, after World War II, and uh, so uh, at a panel on Saturday they announced that not only were they having Bruce Tim make that, they were going to do uh, a, a direct-to-video film of, uh, of a Teen Titans story, not based on on the Teen Titans animated series that is currently in in production or, or uh, that is currently on on uh, it's Cartoon Network over here. I don't know what it is yes, over. We've got Cartoon Network as well. Oh yeah, okay. So it's not based on that Teen Titans series. It's based strictly back on the on the comic book series, a storyline called the Judas Contract, which has been very famous among fandom, and then a book called the New Frontier, which which puts the superheroes in the Kennedy era. And uh, so these are all you know famous things. But the really cool thing is they're actually having the original writers and artists of the stories, if they're around still. Some are not uh, still working in the industry, but those are still working in the industry to actually work on these adaptations of their film of their stories and so it's a big deal and I think that it's it's going to be affecting um, it's it's interesting that Warner Brothers is taking this chance because you know they're not going to do anything unless they're going to make a lot of think they're going to make a lot of money doing it and now that they believe that that for the first time ever that they believe that they are going to strictly please fans and make a ton of money that says something very interesting about where, are they, where at least the U.S. culture is going yeah. and where fandom is, and you can just kind of this little niche programming and still make a bundle.
So you should say there, there's going to be all this sort of all these stories and I guess more of the audio from from Samuel Jackson on your website, which is uh, fanboyplanet.com. Yes, indeed. Uh, I can we can we have a look at, into your crystal walls? Oh yeah, well because some of let's just uh, take them out. <laughs> there we go. I love the theme music. It actually makes them vibrate. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, anyway, Derek, what's in your crystal walls this week? Well, one of the things uh, again, you know, Comic Con's as far this is. Quentin Tarantino and, and Robert Rodriguez uh, promoted uh, Grindhouse. There's a big video segment on my site for their Grindhouse, which is a double feature exploitation film, two films back to back. I don't know what the final running time is going to be. It's going to be gross, but if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan or you like Robert Rodriguez, this is going to be the movie for you. Uh, it has a, a kind of a who's who of, of exploitation actors and actresses. Uh, in fact, just this last week they announced uh, Kurt Russell will be playing a murderer serial killer in one of them in one of the segments in this film as long as it's not as uh, gross as Hostel or films like that uh, I think that's where they're going um, I have a I, from Dust Till Dawn what's the did together if you something along yeah Robert Rodriguez directed that from a Quentin Tarantino script and so it's going to be along those lines it's going to be bloody uh, it's going to be ridiculous and it's intended to be really fun. And I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Tarantino's films myself, but yeah. you know, the, for people that, that love him and Rodriguez, this is going to be the film of the year for them. Uh, the other big thing uh, out of there is that Marvel, which now has is, is has its own uh, movie studio uh, out of Paramount, associated with Paramount, announced that the the director for uh, Hulk 2, which is sort of a remake of Hulk 1, but this time in interesting and exciting. Who they announced as the director? And Louis Leterrier, um, if I pronounced that correctly. He's a French director and he directed uh, what was called Jet Li Unleashed in America, but I think it's called yeah. Danny the Dog in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So, Unleashed here, actually, as well. It was, it was Danny the Dog in France, I think. Okay. Which was a surprisingly good film, so I'm actually kind of excited about that choice. He also did the Transporter films with Jason Statham as well, didn't he? Oh, okay, it could be. I, I saw the second Transporter film and I didn't like that one so much, but I, but people over here love it, so... Um, yeah, yeah. They're good fun movies, aren't they? But I think, uh, I felt quite sorry for Ang Lee, who directed the first Hulk film. I mean, you know, I think, uh, I guess, what, he, did, he, he tried to make a love film out of a comic book and uh, it didn't really work, did it? So, uh, no, it, uh, you know, it's a, it's a thing that George Lucas ran into with the Jedi. If all, you know, angst is not action-filled. No. no. <laughs> so, you, you can't make it for an angry man. Smash, basically. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Repression is not visually interesting. Uh, is, is Eric Banner still going to be playing Banner? Uh, there have been rumors both ways uh, that uh, he was going to be recast, and then and then he has said he might be interested, depending on what the script is. And then there was a rumor that Brendan Fraser might step in, oh, and well, which yeah, I don't know, I don't know. So um, uh, wait and see. Sorry, continue, Derek. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Then the other big thing was, of course, John Favreau, who directed Elf and uh, wrote years ago Swingers, which was really popular over here, is going to direct Iron Man. And he came and uh, presented uh, his take on Iron Man. And uh, so I think we have a little footage of that on our on, on the website as well. Um, and he's working very, very closely with the uh, Marvel artists and... Uh, and writers to create what he thinks will be a fair, uh, a fair Iron Man adaptation. And uh, a lot of consultation with the fans as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... Well, thank you, Derek. You know, we're going to have to... Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap things up just there. Okay. But uh, thank you for your insightful information there into uh, your crystal balls this week, and I do hope you can join us again. Get yourself some rest, Derek. I will. Thanks, guys. It's very hot out there where you are as well, isn't it? It is about 104, 105 right now. Oh, oh. my word. It's sort of about half past four, is it, where you are right now? Uh, yeah. It's close to five o'clock, and it's too dang hot. So. Wow. <laughs> well, you get yourself some rest, Derek, and uh, clearly it's, it's been all too much for you at the Comic-Con Festival. Ah, but it's glorious. Get yourself prepared for it next year. How's that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Derek, have yourself a good, a good afternoon, and we shall speak to you again next week. All right. See you okay, then. Derek, Bye-bye. always a pleasure to talk to a man, isn't it? Yeah. A man full of so much information. <laughs> right, then, this is uh, Mike Post, Hill Street Blues. It's BBC Radio Humberside. Good morning. About eight or seven and a half minutes to go, and we hand over to our good friends at Radio 5 Live. And we're done.